Welcome to the Weekly Spiral. You are tuned into episode 117. Today we are going to talk about our winners and losers from the previous week of NFL action and then preview our games of the week that we think you should keep your eyes on here. And uh, as per usual, I have my co-hosts with me, Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan. How are you guys doing? Uh, not the best football week. I got the clean sweep. I feel like the clean sweeps go <laughs> the wrong direction more often than they go the right direction. But lose in high school, lose both fantasy team games, and the Packers lose. Uh, got the, the quadfecta there. Um, so I'm, I'm ready to turn the page on uh, the past week and, and look forward to maybe some more exciting football this week. Well, my Niners played Urban Meyer, and he's like the designated slump buster. So whenever you play Urban Meyer's team, you're going to be happy afterwards. So I'm in a good mood, in a great mood. Back together for the first time like in three weeks, two weeks, three weeks. So, happy to be here. Yeah, happy to be here the day before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Thankful for you guys, thankful for this podcast, and uh, excited to explore this episode with you. Casey, I'm sorry that you had that quadfecta. That sounds absolutely horrible. (laughs) Um, Hopefully, in the the coming weeks, you have the reverse quadfecta, and it's just four wins of whatever you choose to partake in. So, praying for you, praying for you. There's, there's no. I can get the trifecta, but there's, there's a playoff. That's why game. I said whatever you take to, whatever you decide to partake in, right? So maybe it's like you're just playing Call so of I'll Duty. So I'll just show up. And you, you, I'll just show up to high school yeah. games and claim pick a team if they win. There you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, show up to a random high school game. Go to the playoff games. Whatever team is playing Marin Catholic, you show up, and if they lose, you're like, that's because of me. Yeah, I, go, uh, go you're, Cardinal. You're welcome. And, yeah, there you go. So I don't know what their mascots are. Maybe the Trojans or something, but. Go Trojans. <laughs> Go, Cardinals. Go Fighting not- Newmans. Fighting <laughs> Newmans. Love it. Uh, all right, well, let's dive into the first segment here. As per usual, we like to discuss our winners and losers and review the past week in that way. So, Durgan, we'll start with you. Give us your winner from last week. Speaking of quads, the quad man himself, Jonathan Taylor. No. Running wild. He, he is not the quad man. Have you seen his quads? They ain't, he ain't, no, he ain't A.J. Dillon. Don't pretend well, he's, like he's got bigger quads. Oh, we're AJ talking about Dillon. legs. You're right. You're right. He's he's better than A.J. Dillon. He is the best running back in NFL smaller, right now. Smaller quads, though. He doesn't squat. Oh, he squats, bro. Anyway, <laughs> him and my Colts are playing out of their minds right now. And as of now, they're in the playoffs. And according to, I mean, you just scenario or you just uh, exercise a lot, according to, the New York Times playoff predictor, they have a 60% chance to make the playoffs. Jump 30% from what it was a week ago by beating the Bills. So they're back. Carson Wentz, third best touchdown interception ratio in the league. He's playing well. Well enough, I should say. I'm, I'm going to say well. Yeah, ba- baby okay. steps. Baby steps. Uh, baby steps. He's playing well enough. He's giving those elite handoffs to Jonathan Taylor and you know, inspiring him to score five touchdowns. But, but seriously, no, they run the ball very well. Their defense shut down the Bills. Uh, the Bills, all, all of a sudden, they are not looking like the juggernaut we thought they were. Uh, they do yeah. have some heavy hitters coming up. They have to play the Bucks this week. Uh, we'll be playing the Patriots in a few weeks along with the Cardinals. So they will have to beat one of those teams to still get in the playoffs most likely. But at the end of season four and two, they're in the playoffs. And the last team that you want to face in the playoffs, the team that has momentum and a team that can run the ball. Especially in the AFC, where you can get some crappy weather, some snow games possibly in the playoffs, you don't want to tackle Jonathan Taylor in those games. So my Colts aren't dead yet. The boys in blue back at it. Let's hope they can close this out and get in the playoffs. 
Uh, I don't know if we have to hope for that, but they are playing well. They are playing well. They're running the ball well. Um, I think their slogan was a couple of years ago, run the damn ball. They're mm-hmm. running the damn ball, and they're doing it well. And that's sort of what we predicted going into the season. We were like, oh, well, Carson Wentz is going to have a ton of support. He's going to have a better offensive line. The run game is much more efficient and re- and reliable. Um, maybe if he doesn't have to win games, he can function and be a status quo quarterback and that's sort of what we're seeing now in the last few weeks i think early on especially with the ankle injuries and and all that and fitting into a new system they they couldn't really find their groove and now they're they're starting to to figure stuff out they're getting a little healthier on on defense DeForest buckner and darius leonard are, are playing a little bit better and and they're getting some stuff done over there too so um like you said sometimes these teams catch fire sort of late in the season and if they can ride that into the playoffs they're they're tough to deal with even if they're a wild card and 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 an away team um and the colts certainly fit that mold right now there is a direct correlation between the amount of times carson wentz has to do something with the ball and the success of the colts (laughs) and in this game you saw that exact thing play out he threw the ball 20 times Mm -hmm. i think Yep. and had 100 yards and a touchdown, and they dominated the Bills, who are a pretty good team. They're, I mean, they're maybe not as dominant and as good as, as we thought they would be this year. They regressed to the mean a little bit, <laughs> if you will. But in general, there is a direct correlation there. The less you have to rely on Carson Wentz to make plays, do that hero ball thing that he is obsessed with doing that drives me absolutely insane, I think the better you are. And Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the league right now especially with Derrick Henry out. There's nobody else you can really make an argument uh, against him with. So definitely helps when you can hand it off 32 times and, and your running back can get you five touchdowns on the day. So uh, good win good win for the Colts. I'm still not sold on Carson Wentz in general as their leader going forward, but uh, it doesn't matter if you uh, are winning against playoff teams 41-15. to 15. So good win for them for sure. Casey, what about you? What's, who's your winner? Uh, well, I'm double dipping a little bit. I had the Patriots a couple weeks ago, ago and I'm, I'm taking them again. Um, they're, they're just getting the job done. They're playing good team defense, uh, sort of top to bottom. They don't have a ton of top-tier talent. Like, if you can name all their skill position guys, I, I think we're well, relatively familiar. But they're not like big names. Kendrick yep. Bourne and Hunter Henry, who's been playing better. But Johnny Smith has sort of fallen off the map. And uh, Nelson Aguilar, who likes to drop balls. And those are the guys they're working with. And those are the guys that they're beating the shit out of teams with. Like, uh, the defense has been clamping down. Judon's looking really good. Uh, it, it feels almost like a throwback 2001 Super Bowl team for the Patriots where they got a bunch of no names. Uh, they were under the radar, overlooked, and they just continue to win with average Joes at most of their spots. Um, so if they can continue to, to ride whatever puzzle they puzzled out, uh, they're going to be tough to tough to deal with, and, and they're they're sneaking up on the Bills, man. The Bills keep dropping games. The, the Patriots keep winning them, and they're right there they got a big matchup this week i think against the titans the patriots do so beat the titans uh put yourself in contention for not even the division but like competing for the first seed Mm -hmm. yeah the the patriots you know for so long they had the system it was you know complete the quick passes run the ball well and play good defense and it was a lot easier with tom brady than it was with cam newton which does not you know flow with the accurate quick passing uh, this Mac Jones hype train is getting a little out of control. Uh, you know, our friends over at ESPN are trying to compare him to Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, saying that he's just as good as those guys. He's not. 
but no. what he but what he is good at is good at you know hitting open guys, getting the ball out of his hands quickly, and he's not turning the ball over, which are all things that you expected Mac Jones to do. But what surprised me most is their defense. It's lights out right now. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They're turning the ball over. They're getting pressure, stopping the run. And this is how Belichick wants to win. It's not the most, you know, aesthetically pleasing football. But at the end of the day, they're beating up on teams. And I believe they're ahead of the Bills right now. Uh, they play in a few weeks. That's going to be a heck of a game. Can't wait to watch that one. But props to the Patriots. You know, it, Early in the year, it looked like they were looking for another 500-ish season. But now I think they're, like you said, they're fighting for that top seed. I'm not sure they'll get there, but they're in that contention. Well, uh, l- let me hit you with this. They're 7-4 and four right now. Titans are 8-3. and three. They're playing the Titans right now. Yep. That that puts them at the number one seed. And and they're ahead of the Bills, like you said. And the Bills are at 6-4. and four, Patriots at 7-4. Like, they're, they're right there, man. They're coming. Yeah, it definitely adds an interesting element, too, to that division. I I would have thought where they are currently is kind of what we would have seen from, like, Miami initially in the start of the year. Obviously, that clearly didn't pan out at all how anyone would have thought. But, um, yeah, 7-4, and four, man. Like, I would have never guessed that the Patriots would be 7-4, and four, and not only just 7-4, and four, but coming off of a five-game win streak, which is pretty damn impressive. That's hard to do for any team, so... Uh, you know, good for them. They're they're proving a lot of people wrong. I'm not, I'm wasn't, and I'm still not necessarily super sold on a lot of their free agent additions. A lot of contributors, no big names, no nobody who I was like you would get excited about having. Um, people seem to be excited about Nelson Aguilar. I have no idea why, and I don't know that he's really done anything to, to prove me otherwise. But you know, this is a this is a team that has historically proven they can win. Bill Belichick is not you know. Um, He's not spoken of as one of the best head coaches ever for no reason. Like, there's a reason that people speak so highly of him, and it's not just because of Tom Brady. So uh, I think we're seeing that now, and, and yeah, good for the Patriots for sure. All right. My winner, hope you guys are ready for some home cooking as we <laughs> as we approach Thanksgiving, but I got to go with the Eagles, man. I'm just, I'm just really stoked, to be honest. They've won three out of the last four games. I think it's time for people to start taking this team a little bit more seriously. The defense has been playing super well. Darius Slay has more touchdowns than George Kittle. Ah, uh, wrong answer. <clears throat> sorry, Durgan. Wrong answer. Uh, They're tied. They're tied. That tweet you saw saw literally two minutes later, George Kittle scored. But the point point remains. The point remains. The point remains. More more than Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks. Anyway, the general general point I'm trying to make is his defense is playing super well. Um, Jalen Hurts is playing super well as well. Like People may look at the passing stats and see, oh, he's not passing super, like a lot, like what we'd like to see from a prototypical quarterback. But he's got eight rushing touchdowns. If you compare him to the current rookie quarterback crop, he's playing probably better than all of them. Um, and it's essentially apples to apples minus one offseason. He only played four games last season. So I think this team's future is super bright. The more I see Jalen Hurts, the more I'm sold on him. Um, he has the highest QBR in the league over the past five weeks as well. So I think there's there's a lot to be optimistic for. There are two games behind the Cowboys, like Casey mentioned. So there's there's things there's things coming up for this team that watch out. That's all I'm going to say. Watch out. And if you're... <laughs> If you were to ask me, you know, earlier in the season, if we'd be in the position we are now, I probably would have said no. Like I had essentially given up early on, but you know, they have the the longest active streak of scoring 21 points in a game at nine straight games, the longest in the NFL. I don't think anyone would have guessed that this would be the team that would do that. Um, but something clicked along the way. And when I see, you know, when I'm watching these games, what I see the difference being is Nick Sirianni finally saying, 
all right, we'll run the damn ball, like uh, a la Casey's quote with the Colts. Early on, he was trying to force everything with Jalen Hurts passing, and it was not working. Um, finally started to run the ball and make that kind of the driving force behind the offense, and everything turned around Im- immediately. So super excited for the future of this team. And, uh, you know, it may not happen this year, but they're in the hunt at least now. So it'll be fun for the rest of the season. Yeah, you nailed the last point with Nick Sirianni. I think he deserves a ton of credit for the success. You know, he kind of had this system early on where he was trying to make Jalen Hurts something he wasn't, and that's a passer. But then he realized, okay, he's a good athlete. We got some running backs. Offensive line, you know, isn't great, but it's good enough. So they figured it out. And that's for a rookie head coach to develop that quickly with the play calling is uh, it's impressive. I, I don't know if they are a playoff contender yet. I know they're five and six in the hunt. I, I'm still not sold on them. But when you think about it, I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy, but he has definitely 100% earned the right to be the quarterback next year. You have three first-round picks. If you use those picks properly, you can pick up three starters. And now next year we're looking at a team, I think, that can actually make some real noise and some real damage, not only in the AFC, or just, I mean, the NFC East, but in the whole league. So definitely their progression of the rebuilding team is moving a lot faster at this point. Uh, of course, good teams beat the bad teams, so they have to beat the Giants this week. And you know, easier said than done. That line in Vegas, you know, it's getting close to pick them at this point. So we'll see what happens there. But the steps are being made uh, in a positive direction for Philadelphia. Yeah, the Eagles are playing well. You guys covered most of it. But uh, I, I think running the ball solves a lot of problems, especially when you got Miles Sanders and, and dudes that can run the rock. And you pair that with Jalen Hurts and you, you tie in all the RPO stuff that he's good at. And they were running well early on. And you just sort of trim the fat on some of the drop back passing that you were you were doing that, that wasn't working. And just run the offense, stay on schedule, run the ball, milk the clock, and, and play good defense. And they're doing that right now. So... That's their formula. More power to them, and uh, keep riding that wave. Yep, and it helps when the Cowboys have absolute shitters as well. Love that. Um, yeah. Let's speaking of, let's go into our our losers here for last week. Durgan, we'll start with you. Yep, it is my delight to say this, but the losers this week are the Seattle Seahawks. Anytime Colt McCoy beats your team, you're going to be an automatic loser in my eyes. Uh, it's time to take these guys out to the barn and old yell at them because they're done. Three and seven, their season is over, yet their delusional fan base still thinks they'll make the playoffs. And you know, they'll beat the Niners. They have some easy games left against the Lions and Texans, but they'll play the Rams in a few weeks. At best, absolute best, they go nine and eight. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll be more like seven and ten. Uh, Pete Carroll looks like he can't coach without Russell Wilson carrying him. You know, he's out after press conferences, after the game, not answering questions because he has no answers because he doesn't know how to coach. Russell Wilson came back early through his finger injury, which is admirable, but he just doesn't look like himself. You know, the passes are a little wobbly. He looks more hesitant out of the pocket. Um, and that game against the Cardinals this past week, they also didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, and yet they are still able to move the ball on them. Um, I don't think that this team can rebuild either because they don't have a first round pick this year and right now that pick's supposed to be in the top five and they traded that way for jamal adams who is not playing well not playing definitely to what his contract and what they traded him for um so if they lose you know another game or two if they they lose next week to the niners their season is 
uh, it's over. They started planning their vacations to Cabo in uh, January. So it's interesting to see what happens with the Seahawks. Do they, I mean, I don't think Pete Carroll comes back next year. I think he retires because when the going gets tough, he gets going. But what are they going to do with Russell Wilson? You know, a few years ago, he wanted out. Did he want out again? Maybe. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I think that the Seahawks are a little bit confusing to me. In week one, like the big hype was Shane Waldron, and he was running all this jet sweep motion and boot action and all this McVeigh Shanahan type stuff, and they blew out the Colts. And then since then, that's all been gone. No more pre-snap motion, no designed rollouts. Uh, the running game has struggled off and on, uh, and that makes me think, for whatever reason, Pete Carroll is meddling and saying like, no, we need to run the ball more, or we need to run it this way, and uh let russell improvise or or whatever it may be and that's just not sustainable offense um and it, it seems like it's been that way for the the seahawks for a while they get these big explosive plays to dk and lock it and and all that they just you know they, they live off the explosive plays and sometimes when when the league catches up to you or you have some some injuries or some deficiencies um it's hard to sustain offense that way and score points on a consistent basis and that's sort of what you're you're seeing now so um yeah i don't i don't even know really where you start with the the revamp there um but it feels like pete carroll is going to be gone and uh maybe russell wilson as well who knows yeah that'll be that'll be one of the more fun offseason uh storylines for sure I really feel like this team needs Chris Carson back. They haven't really gotten anything going on the ground, and, and you can kind of you can see it. Um, and then DK Metcalf as well hasn't been as much of a factor as he was last year. So it's it's definitely uh, it, it's it's not ideal for for Seattle, right? But I don't think I don't know. <laughs> that's a, that's I don't know a, how to feel about it. that's that sums it up right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> don't know. I I don't know, and I don't I, think they do either, but. Uh, I do know that the most two recent memes that I, I sent you guys in our text chat were about the Seahawks, which I think says a lot. I um, love them. I love it. Yeah. I think w- the first one was Jamal Adams related. I forget what it was. I think it was something. Uh, congratulations to Jamal Adams for tying Vince Wolfwork with three career interceptions. <laughs> uh, and then the second one was DK Metcalf, something about his hair. Uh, so more, more, hair, more hair colors than wins this year. Yeah. Yeah. More hair color variation than, than uh, wins for the Seahawks. So. Anyways, I, I thought it was interesting that the fact that the best memes are, are the Seahawks, it's almost emblematic of, of what's going on with them. So, um, But anyways, I digress. Casey, who do you got for your loser? Uh, my loser will make Cyrus the happiest man in the world, and that's the Cowboys. They, they put up, as he, he mentioned, two poopers uh, in uh, the last three weeks. Uh, nine points against the Chiefs, and then no points until the final six minutes against the Broncos. Um, Amari Cooper being out's really hurt them. He'll be out again on, on Thanksgiving. So playing against the Raiders, he's not going to be in, uh, cause he's unvaccinated and got COVID. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you thought this team was like a top tier NFC contender. And now the division isn't even safe. Cause like we touched on earlier, the Eagles are sneaking up on them and, uh, the Eagles are only two, two games back and the Eagles have five division games left in their last six games. Uh, and that includes the season finale against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you see what's brewing here a little oh, bit. Yeah. Cowboys are playing the Raiders. They're playing the Cardinals. They got a, a few division games themselves. They drop a couple of those. Maybe once again, this division is going to come down to a Week 17 matchup, do or die. 
with the Cowboys and the Eagles. Well, I just want to know what you're sipping on right now because there's no way the division's coming down to Week 17. Cowboys are struggling offensively. Dak Prescott, ever since that calf injury, does not look as good as he once did. But they will still win the division. Now, them as a threat to the NFC title or the Super Bowl you know, title, that I'm a little worried. Their defense you know, also hasn't played as well as it has. They play well against the Chiefs, uh, but the offense, like you mentioned, uh, with their lack of receivers being healthy, uh, you know, kind of Zeke is not doing Zeke-like things. Uh, of course, they have a huge game. Now, you'll be listening to it on Thursday. Today, against the Raiders, who are a broken team, they need to make a statement in that game. They can't, you know, they have to win, first of all, but they have to win by, you know, two, three, four scores. They have to really put down, you know, any doubt that they're a, a pretender. I don't know if they'll do that, but I do think they'll win. Uh, but the Cowboys, you know, anytime you buy into the Cowboys' hot days, break your heart. So I'm not shocked that they're struggling, um, but their long-term prognosis is a little bit worrisome. This is the most Cowboys thing ever, honestly, to come out so strong to the point where people are crowning them one of the best teams in not even the NFC, like in the league, league yeah. and then have two complete back-to-back collapses is the most Cowboys thing ever. Uh, and I love it. It's great. I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying the ride. I, I think... Uh, I stand with sort of my opinions on on the team. Uh, Mike McCarthy is an overrated head coach. I don't see him adapting throughout the season. I think they'll struggle. I think I honestly do. Like I know Durgan, you're saying they're going to win the division. If they lose to the Raiders, there's a ton of questions. I mean, you know, one loss here and then one win, one win from uh, from the Eagles, and that's that's a lot tighter of a race than than people might think. Like just being one game back. This is this could come down to the end of this end of this uh, season, and and NFL knows that. That's why they keep doing this year after year and scheduling the Eagles and the Cowboys like at the end of the season. They always have a matchup every single year, and it, it would be great. It would be sort of poetic, and uh, uh, you know I wouldn't mind seeing that personally. <laughs> so, anyways, definitely a loser uh, based on their performances. My loser for the week we touched on a little bit, but the Titans. You know, after a few great performances without Derrick Henry. I think this is what we had initially anticipated this team might look like. Maybe not as bad, but Tannehill threw four interceptions. There was a revolving door at running back uh, from the senior home as well with our boy Adrian Peterson, who is no longer on the team, um, which is fine. But, you know, that their running attack just was not effective this game at all. Uh, A.J. Brown, I don't know where you at. Like, uh, you're supposed to be this dominant receiver. He's been having one of the most inconsistent years of a number one receiver in, in the league. I don't know, man. If you wanted to establish yourself as the best team in the AFC, you don't lose to the you don't lose to the Texans. You just don't. Especially when the Texans did not play all that well, like statistically. Tyrod Taylor, yes, he had two ru- rushing touchdowns, but he had 100 yards on the day, and no one else really did anything outstanding. This team just lost the game on their own. So, not a great performance from from a te- from a team that's really trying to make a name for themselves and and be the be the uh, number one seed in the AFC. All of a sudden, Casey's boy, Ryan Tannehill, is leading the league in receptions. And his He's touchdown- colorblind. Okay? In <laughs> one colorblind. game. <laughs> and his touchdown reception ratio is almost even. And what that just proves to me is that Derrick Henry is the most valuable player in the league. Their offense was moving with him in it. Ryan Tannehill looks reborn. He goes down. Now they're trying to turn to a more defensive team. And they don't have the guys that, you know, have their defense carry them week in and week out. Now, I, the chance that Derrick Henry comes back in the postseason, if he doesn't, I don't like this team's chances. Uh, 
we talked about them earlier being the number one overall seed. I don't see that, you know, holding uh, for the whole rest of the regular season. Should make the playoffs, but they have a tough game this week, which we'll talk about. And it's uh, not looking good in Nashville. Well, let's let's remember that they beat the Rams and the Saints without Derrick Henry, but well, now they're the out. Saints now are, they're without yeah. uh, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and AJ Brown. AJ Brown left this game too with a rib injury. Julio Jones has been on IR; he's not coming back for the Patriots game nope. either. So it's really Ryan Tannehill, and then uh, see if you can name any of the other skill position guys on offense. So let's not say that you know it's it's just Derrick Henry because I think that's disingenuous if you have those two studs outside that are playing well that that alleviates some of those problems and that's what they had against the Rams and, and okay they but they can't stuff but they're not necessarily playing well either like AJ Brown and Julio Jones have been inconsistent because they haven't been on the field like they've both been on IR at different times in the year and and rarely ever on the same field at the same time that's what I'm saying like this is not just the Derrick Henry show it's and it, now that it's all on Tannehill he can't do it i'm being defensive of my boy okay i see that <laughs> he's That's played okay. pretty bad and he just let me down in fantasy big time uh, i thought he Ditto. was gonna be a stud and get some get some russian touchdowns too which has gotten a couple but uh i'm just saying they're beat up sort of across the board like yeah. defensively offensively it's not just derrick henry um you know taylor lewan has been out and and all this stuff is starting to accumulate and and pop up you know when you can only sustain so many injuries to so many blue chip guys and and keep trucking and we saw the the result of that this weekend against the the texans yes we did yes we did all right well that's gonna wrap up the winners and losers let's dive into our games of the week here the first matchup being the vikings versus 49ers this is uh, the games we're going to talk about, I think the most important one in terms of playoffs, because the winner of this game, I think, has a great chance of making the playoffs using my favorite new tool, the New York Times Playoff Predictor. Right now, the Niners have a 50% chance of making it in, and the Vikings have a 56% chance of making it in. And they're tied at 5-5. Five and five. Um, But this game's in Santa Clara, and I think it's actually going to be very high scoring. Uh, Niners are not good against the run, the way their defensive line, uh, you know, doesn't match up, but the way they line up uh, wide nine, they give up running opportunities, and they don't have the corners to compete with Phelan or Jefferson. The Vikings will sell out for the run, but they're a bottom 10 team against the run without Daniel Hunter, without Everson Griffin, and um, even I think they can try to prepare for the run, the Niners will still be able to run all over them, and if they do stop the run, the play action game will be wide open, that's where Jimmy Grappolo is at his best. Um, ultimately, the Niners are a terrible team at home. They haven't won a game that I've been attendance in in almost two years, and I'll be there. So I think it'll be a close one. I'm going to go with the Vikings, 34-31. Yeah, I also have the Vikings winning 30-23. to I just like what the Vikings have going on. They, they've you know lost a lot of close games that have hinged on on field goals um over the season and they're not a regular five win team like they're 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 a good team um and and you know the the defense is quietly starting to play very well um and the 49ers seem to have captured some magic so i think it's two teams that are like ascending towards Mm -hmm. the the back end of the season here um 
and it's it's a really important game for both of them because it, it's going to be an upward hill or an upward climb combined to my phrases there uh, tough <laughs> hill to climb upward climb all those for whoever loses this game is, is yep. going to be behind the eight ball for sure and, and they're basically going to have to win out to, to have a shot I think um, so I think this is going to be a, a fun competitive one uh, maybe hopefully a little bit more competitive than their 2019 meeting in Levi's where the Vikings got um, steamrolled uh, so I'm looking forward to this one. Should should be a fun one, and uh, taking the Vikings because they they just seem like they're they're more consistent on a week to week basis, even with losing some close games. Well, we got the trifecta boys. I'm also taking the Vikings. I'm going to go Vikings 30 to 27. I agree with you. I think they're more consistent. I like their skill position players a little bit better than the Niners. And believe it or not, I trust Kirk Cousins a little bit more than I trust Jimmy G, as weird as that is to say. but Kirk Cousins um, is low-key playing out of his mind right now. He is playing really well. So I agree Low-key. Yeah, okay. Well, Kirk Coupons, I will forever <laughs> not love him. But anyways, um, yeah, you touched on it. This te- These teams are kind of in identical situations, really, within their divisions, both behind the uh, clear division leaders and then fighting for wildcard spots, really, really fighting for their lives at this point. So, like you said, crucial matchup. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with Vikings for sure. So let's go to the next one. We have the Rams versus the Packers. Probably the best matchup in terms of the quality of teams. Uh, Packers coming coming off a tough loss against the Vikings, a game they probably should have won or could have won at least. Uh, And the Rams coming off of a bye week and a two-game losing streak. And both those games, they were, you can say, embarrassed. Uh, first against the Titans and the Niners, both on uh, primetime games. Uh, both teams need a big win, but I think the Rams need it more, and they'll come out hungrier. Therefore, I'm going to pick them to win 27-24. Uh, Jenkins out for the Packers. Uh, the offensive line for the Packers might need a game to gel and work some things out. It's too bad they're not playing the Lions, and they're playing a very good offensive team that has OBJ now kind of more integrated into the offense. I don't think they'll, you know, abandon the run like they did against the Niners. It'll be a close one, but I like the Rams. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams to 28 to 20, and I think it's just injuries for the Packers that have been slowly building, sort of like the Titans. A lot of blue chip guys are are down now. Um, David Bakhtiari had a setback with his knee. He still hasn't played all year from his ACL tear from last December. Um, Eric Stosa just played really well for, for a rookie, but they're, they've been without Jair Alexander for like a month or two now. Um, throw in Elkton Jenkins now tearing his ACL against Minnesota. Um, that you know reduces the depth there on the, the offensive line, of which they were already struggling with, with David Bakhtiari being out. Um, so now you got to slot someone in there at left tackle. Um, which the last time that happened was against the 49ers, and they, they chipped a lot and, and helped him out and, and kept Bosa in check. So hopefully they can do it the same with Von Miller, but I'm sure the, the Rams are going to go after him. Um, and then we also haven't had Zadarius Smith all year also. Um, so it, it's starting to add up. It's tough to sustain success when, when you've got big guys hurt, um, and this just feels like it's – it's a little bit too much for the Packers to overcome against a, a really good team in the Rams. Uh, they need this bye week that's coming up the week after for them, though. The, the Packers do. They need to get they need to get healthy. Yeah, and speaking of bye weeks, I mean the Rams are are coming off of one as well coming into this, and they they're they're I mean coming off back to back losses against two teams that they probably should have beat, um, the Niners and, and the Titans. So it's a uh, it's a situation where I think the Rams having time to figure things out, rest, 
like like Durgan said, get OBJ integrated into the system, hopefully a little bit more involved, so he's happy. Um, you know, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Packers because of injuries and then also because of just circumstance. So I got to go with the Rams as well, 33-24. to 24, But I'm not going to rule out anything because I've seen Aaron Rodgers do – I mean, he did it earlier in the season. I no, I didn't think they had a chance against the Cardinals, and he pulled it off. So there is still, an, uh, you know, never counting them out. So no, even if he makes dumb decisions in life. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to our next matchup, though. We got the Browns versus Ravens. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really physical football game. Um, but I'm going to go with the Browns, 28-21. I think the Browns need this one more. Uh, their offense is really struggling, but they're getting Kareem Hunt back in the, off of IR. Uh, Baker is playing his way onto the hot seat. His wife is calling out his teammates on Instagram, which is never good. Uh, but they're still in the thick of things. And Miles Garrett has like 13 and a half sacks doing Miles Garrett things. Not a shock. Uh, the Ravens are in the playoffs as of right now, but their schedule this uh, no, close season out absolutely brutal. All seven teams they play are above 500. Are they a Super Bowl contender? We'll find out. Not this week, but you know, eventually down the road, it's going to be really close. Uh, like I said, but you know, hungry dog gets the bone. Has to go to the Browns. If the Browns don't win this game, I think they're in trouble to miss the playoffs. Uh, well, I think the the Browns do lose this game, and they are in trouble of missing the playoffs because they're <laughs> just not, they're not playing well right now, man. the The Browns look pretty bad, and I know Baker's beat up. You got the labrum, the ankle, the ribs, the whatever, the Instagram posts, all that shit. But like everything looks like a challenge on offense, and and I know it hurts having Hunt out, and Chubb has been in and out with COVID too. He just came back, so maybe that'll resolve some of the issues, but. Uh, the Ravens defense is still playing at a pretty high level and, and I trust them uh, especially when the the Browns offense has not been playing at a high level so uh, I would expect the Browns to struggle to score and as long as you know Lamar Jackson isn't pooping his brains out or barfing or whatever he was doing <laughs> last week uh, I think the Ravens should cruise somewhat to, to a win I have them winning 27 to 13. Yeah, I'm. I've always been on the Browns train, but this one, I feel like the Ravens are going to take this. Uh, this division is weird, man. Like I look, I look at the standings, and the Browns are actually in last place, which is weird. But uh, they're it's it's tight across the board, is what I'm trying to say. Like there's still a lot of opportunity for for one team or another to take take the helm and and uh, or the lead, I should say, and win that division. So um, this is a actually really important matchup, just across the board for both teams. I think for the Ravens and the Browns. Um, so I don't know that the Browns can get it done unless Nick Chubb has like a Jonathan Taylor type day. Um, I just don't, I just don't see it happening with the way this team is playing currently. And the Ravens on the other hand are playing pretty well. So I'm going to go Ravens 24 Browns 20, um, in what should be a, a relatively exciting matchup with playoff implications. So should be fun. That's going to do it for our games of the week, though. Do you guys have any final thoughts here on uh, on these games before we uh, say goodbye to our listeners? Do not. You do not. Uh, Durgan, things, do you? Anything things, insightful? Nothing insightful, but Thanksgiving games this year suck. So, Okay. <laughs> I feel like they usually suck. I don't remember ever being well, excited. It's because the fucking Lions are always the always first game the of Lions. the day, and it's... God, when my buddy texts me, oh man, you got to get the game on at nine thirty in the West Coast. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna sleep through it probably because the game's gonna suck. Andy Dalton it's, versus whoever the backup quarterback is for the Lions. No, thank you. I'm good. Yeah. Well, they strategically placed that early in the morning so you don't have to watch get that it out of the way. Right? Even, yeah. even the last game is the Bills versus Saints, which 
isn't that appealing. Uh, it could have been. Like it should have been, know. but it's not now. Yeah, it's not now. Yeah, correct. Although the Bills could make it appealing if they play like they did last True. week. So True. we will see. They could. But yeah, it feels like we also have the Cowboys every Thanksgiving too, which is always annoying. Yep. But well, you do. It's always the always the Cowboys Lions and the Cowboys. Yeah. That's that's the tradition. But oh, usually, it's just literally every year is the yeah. Lions and the Lions, Cowboys. Yeah. Lions yeah. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. The Lions are always early. The Cowboys are always second. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And the Cowboys games, I mean, they might not be good, but they usually like actually have a good matchup. Like this year, because the Raiders isn't terrible, but the Lions always the Lions versus like the Bears or someone crappy, and it's just extra boring. You don't want to see the Lions get their tenth loss? Oh, I, I I can pass on that. They I might that. they might fuck around and and they, help they could actually keep his job. Oh god, <laughs> see, you know? Yeah, Jeez. yeah. You never know. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. This has been a weekly spotter production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us. Before we tune out here and head out for the day, I want to give my co-host a chance to plug some content that you should keep your eye out for. Casey, what do you got coming up? Yeah, Durgan's probably going to get uh, a little frisky with this video. Jonathan <laughs> Taylor and the Colts run game, breaking down what they're doing, how they're having so much success, and why Jonathan Taylor is uh, maybe an MVP candidate. Ooh, there we go. Okay. I love All that. Right. Love what that. about you, Durgan? What do you got coming uh, up? Yeah, mock draft is already up, the November edition. People love the mock drafts. The, the data does not lie. The mock drafts are a hit. So I'm going to maybe do those more often. Uh, I'll figure something out. But that's already out. Uh, and then I'm going to do some pro comparisons for my top 10 prospects. Nice. Big mock draft fan here myself. So it might be the bulk of those views that you, uh, <laughs> that you see there. But, uh, but yeah, excited for that. Draft season is year-round here at the Weekly Spiral. But if you want to check those out, you can head to weeklyspiral.com or find us on YouTube. Search for Weekly Spiral. You'll find the videos that Casey produces. Um, but that's going to do it here on episode 117. Thank you for sticking with us and tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. We hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving with your family and and enjoy uh, turkey, whatever whatever you're eating. If it's not turkey, we hope you enjoy it. And uh, we will catch you next week for episode 118.